0: Hello and welcome to the Footballers Manchester United podcast, a fan podcast dedicated to Manchester United. This this podcast is brought to you by the Footballers Podcast Network. The Footballers Podcast Network is a podcast network that brings you your team every day. We currently only have the Manchester United podcast until more of you follow the page on your on whatever platform you're listening to as well as click the notification bell so you're always caught up with the latest information around Manchester United and when uh new shows come along because there's going to be a podcast for your team so if you're a Chelsea fan and you're listening to the show if you're a Liverpool fan and you're listening to the show Arsenal whatever you support Newcastle PSG Bayern Munich um I don't know any of the MLS teams but them too if you are a fan of them and not a fan of Manchester United please also do consider following the page um, liking the episodes rating the episodes rating the podcast all of that stuff that everyone normally asks you to do when you listen to a podcast that stuff please do that but this is the Manchester United show Um, so if you're a Manchester United fan that includes you Uh, but I think that goes without saying but anyway I have had to have a very busy 10 minutes before recording this episode because I am um I do have a producer who would like this um you know, the, the the part of me speaking in the episode um at a certain time. So I've had to do some quick research because as I was about to press record about twenty minutes ago, I see that Manchester United are getting closer to the loan of Weghurst. Um, now the reason that I <laughs> it was just such a bad timing mean, and I saw this on Fabrizio Romano's Twitter obviously I think most of us have his post notifications on and they are getting closer to an agreement and I've had to just do some quick research on Waghurst as well as Eric Ten Hag some more research on him as to why we get in Weghurst uh, because I'm seeing a lot of fans upset about it for some reason so I was trying to figure out why and I tend to think of the Rabio situation in the summer because A lot of Manchester United fans were not in favor of signing Rabiot and then I tend and then I look at how he is playing now at Juventus and I see a player that is blossoming right I I think blossoming is an um, is a overstatement but is a player that can perform in the midfield and do a lot of things and is performing consistently at a good level and then I look at Eric ten Hag and I think yeah he he has an eye for what players can bring to a team and and maybe those signings are cheaper signings maybe those signings aren't you know new flashy players that everyone in the fan base will appreciate at first but he is our manager is someone that can see talent and can um maybe bring out more out of a player than than we as fans expect and that's kind of the job of ten Hag. kind of the job of the scouting department kind of the job of everyone who works in the transfers for Manchester United that's their job and now we've seen Rabiot perform so I've had to go do some research on Weghurst to see if there's um, reliable not reliable but if there's reasonable reasons to not want this player and I think people forget is that Eric ten Hag favours big strikers, tall. when I mean by big I mean tall alright and people tend to look at Ajax, but they only tend to look at Ajax through the memorable moments, right? So they tend to look at the Champions League and tend to... I'm saying tend a lot. They tend to associate that Ajax team that they saw in Champions League nights go up against teams that are supposedly favorable to win tournaments or to win the game and put in a good performance. And then they go look at how... Ajax played then and think that's how Manchester United will play now. When that's not always the case, because if you look closely, the way Ajax played under Ericsson Hag in the Champions League was very different to how Ajax played in the era Divisi. In the Champions League, you saw Tadic playing as a 9. And Donny van der Beek almost playing as a false nine or almost like a loose forward with permission to get into the box and touch as a nine, if that makes sense. So Donny would come in from the midfield and get into the box, get into goal scoring opposition, into goal scoring areas and, and try and make something happen or, you know, provide a threat or confuse defenders. And people think that's what Martial Bruno can sort of do. And we should look for a better profile of Martial to do that. Um that's what people think. But if you look at Ajax and the Eredivisie VC, Ericton Hag preferred taller strikers. right And the um sorry, while I'm while I'm doing this I'm I'm actually still researching some stuff here <laughs> on the side. But anyway, um people what I'm trying to say is people tend to look at the Champions League as a small sample size to go by to describe ten Hag and to describe how he wants to play and to describe how Manchester United should recruit. Uh, But Tadic and Donny did not play up front for Ajax in in the Eredivisie in that season of Champions League and the seasons that followed. Um, So I think it's a bit unfair to just say that that's what we should do and that's the mold of ten Hag when that's not the case. That was the case on Champions League nights and for what reason that is you know, that's down to tactics of, of Erikton Hag, that's down to the tactics of what he sees in opposition, that's down to a lot of things, right? But if you look at the league which is a more week in, week out basis, you can generally see how a manager wants to play and he played with tall strikers. Okay, and and, and, and Weghurst is six foot six, so he's definitely tall. <laughs> but now we need to look into just the height because we hear a lot about height from rival fans about Lissandra Martinez and that's not always the most important thing so now we've got to look into more than just height all right and another thing that fans tend to you know I say fans but I'm also a fan I'm not any different from you but we tend to look at a a new signing and look at the club they come from and sort of attach an expectation to it right or a you know uh, we sort of attach value to it right so when Sancho comes from Dortmund we have attached value that it came from a big club in Germany when Lissandra Martinez and Anthony come from Ajax we tend to associate that with uh, the biggest club in the Netherlands right so people tend to just look at the club that a player is coming from and associate it with the player somehow um, and people look at Weghurst and think Burnley relegated Burnley but then you forget that you know despite you know playing for Burnley and and maybe that's not really the type of club that you would expect a future Manchester United player to come from you've got to look at how Burnley played and how he played for Burnley alright so Burnley and to do that you need to understand the context so Burnley was playing in the Premier League and obviously most people were expecting them to be relegated so when relegated teams play in the Premier League what do they do they tend to play defensively and they tend to counter-attack and 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 try to pull results together and then that there's the context of the team right so Manchester United right to bring this to Manchester United is a very possessional based team well it wants to be a possessional based team it's more a Transitional team at the moment, um, with moments of good possession. Right, if that makes sense. We're not a fully possessive team that wins the ball back and then goes back into attacking in various positional ways. We are a very like, okay, you coming onto us now. Um, we're going to win the ball back in our in our defensive third, or uh, maybe our press works in the in the in the opposition half, and we win the ball back and we can make something happen. But we're not completely there yet, and that's fair because you know it is Ericsson Hags' first season in charge. You can't just expect a team to just magically be 100% the way he wants it. But it's important to understand the context of Burnley and the context of Manchester United, where Manchester United has a lot of opposition in the league, or um, in the FA Cup or the League Cup where teams play low blocks against Manchester United. They sit deeper against Manchester United. They, that's how they play and that then means Manchester United play a more possession-based game where compared to Burnley who was in a transition, transitional attacking sort of style of play, winning the ball back from deep and then making something happen, that there is where the difference in the two different teams is. Right. So now we understand that there's different context to the Burnley team and there's a different context to the Manchester United team. Um, But we need to stop the association of previous clubs with players. Right. Because that is how you can disregard a lot of opportunity like this, which is a short term opportunity alone of six months um, for something that may cost the club quite a lot of money um, and not work out. Right, and Erik Ten Hag even said in a recent press conference that this club has spent a lot of money in the past on players that have not worked out. Right, I'm paraphrasing. That's not his. That's not his um, direct words, but I'm I'm paraphrasing. But that's basically what he said. All right, so it's not always just about how much money Manchester United spends every window. It's about what it is on. All right, and I know people will take that as um, putting up uh, a shield for the Glazers. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that given the conditions of Manchester United financially and what is probably going to be a big summer depending on what happens with the club and you know um, it depends on on Champions League as well. Um, It's probably going to be a big summer but for now for a six month loan. uh, I think Weghurst offers a lot and to just understand the context of being a possessional team against low blocks teams. That's where Weghurst can be good right because I looked at this is from Opta data, right? So I'm not stealing information. This is from Opta data. In the 2021-22 season, uh, Waghurst was a possession, like he was a pressing monster. Basically, he would press against defenders, and his average was 48.7 presses per 90 minutes, right? So nearly a press every two minutes. Alright, so he is someone that is very busy on the field when opposition have the ball and I mean how many times do we see moments where opposition just have the ball at the back end and put in string in a few passes and and, and, and progress the ball instead of someone putting heavy pressure on, especially in the middle of the field. Um, That there's been a big problem for Manchester United as well and heading I know people because he's tall people will assume that heading is his strong point obviously that is an advantage but that there is not what I want fans or what I'm also not trying to just associate with the player I'm trying to think of him not trying to think of him I look at him as someone that's good at finishing that can head of the ball and a good benefit that I've noticed in the the very few Ten, fifteen minutes. I tend to go back and look at ten, fifteen minutes of games that he's played. He makes a lot of runs towards opposition boxes, right? So you know the diagonal runs towards the near post or far post. He makes a lot of those diagonal runs, and a lot of the time when you watch Manchester United, you see Luke Shaw putting in a cross, and no one is making a run, or you see, or you will see Luke Shaw putting in a cross, and no one gets it because no one's there, and it reaches Anthony the other side. All right, and then nothing comes from it, or maybe it's something does come from it, or whatever. Right, and then you will see Dallo doing the same thing, putting in a cross, and, and no one being in that position because Martial tends to drop a bit deeper, and that is his strong point. And there's no one there to do that, get the ball, finish the ball, or get the ball and hold up the ball type of play. All right, and he makes a lot of those runs towards near post and far post, depending on whatever's happening. So I want you to imagine Shaw's crosses actually reaching someone in the box. I want you to imagine Christian Eriksen's crosses that he puts in that tends to look like a waste of possession, maybe making something happen because a player is at the end of it making a run or Bruno's passes that um, crosses that tend to look like they go into nowhere, but actually are going far post and someone is there to try and make something happen or to make something dangerous happen or Dallow's crosses that seem um, like they like there's no end point to them or there's no goal to them um actually reaching someone i want you to imagine manchester united playing that way and again i mentioned the context of manchester united it is the january window and i know fans are looking at awesome Awesome and being like that there would be a younger version and a more longer term solution but at the same time you must remember napoli is in a title race they're going to charge an arm and a leg for the player and given Manchester United's financial conditions it's just not you know it's not it's not like I want to say it but it's not it's not the right thing to do for Manchester United at the moment and people look at Tony but again Tony has his own personal things happening um, he may not be playing be allowed to play in the FA be, um, or play in the Premier League or playing English football and people look at Ramos and it's like these players will cost a lot and that's just money that Manchester United doesn't have firstly so I think it would be good to just have a loan option it is offering a different puzzle piece right so the the reason that I say puzzle piece is because and I'm going to go back to the Cristiano Ronaldo incident because that is a puzzle piece missing like yes the what was happening with Cristiano Ronaldo, I think any Manchester United fan wouldn't want that, right? I think if you asked 100% of Manchester United fan, if you asked every Manchester United fan in the world, I think about 85% or 90% of them would say that they wanted Cristiano Ronaldo to leave the club after the the, the interview. all right? Um, so he... Well, he's left the club, but the reason I say it's a Muslim puzzle piece, and this doesn't mean that I expected Cristiano Ronaldo to play week in, week out. I wasn't expecting that at all. I'm just saying that... Okay, let me let me actually give you an example. If you can remember when Cristiano Ronaldo was given a three-day suspension for the club, and that meant that he would be unavailable for the Chelsea game. if If you can remember that, and you can remember how that game went, because it's the first one that came to my mind... Chelsea scored, I think it was in the seventieth minute, and Manchester United started putting balls into the box. Right? But Cristiano Ronaldo was suspended by the club for you know his own actions. And those crosses were reaching nobody, were we'll giving possession back to Chelsea or giving a goal kick or winning a corner and making nothing happen from it or just losing the ball out wide or something like that. Um, fortunately, Casemiro scored in like the last five minutes of the game, or the last minute of the game, I think. And, you know, secured at least a point. But the point I'm trying to make is that that would have been a moment where a puzzle piece such as Cristiano Ronaldo would have been appropriate. Because of those balls coming into the box. And yes, the perfect puzzle for Ten Hag may not be a 37-year-old striker who can't really press anymore because of, you know restrictions on 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 that based on a on age um and 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 a player that obviously didn't want to be here you know it's not a puzzle that fits into the manchester united puzzle under eric ten hag but it's a puzzle piece that in a game like chelsea where their puzzle is preventing our puzzle a piece that doesn't fit the puzzle might have made a bigger difference earlier on in that game and a comeback could have been done. I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying that that would have happened. I'm just saying that because Cristiano Ronaldo has left and there's been no replacement for that, there is the need to have that sort of option. And maybe Weghorst is that option, but maybe he is also coming here to start. All right. And that there is just why I'm taking this loan as a good as a good thing, right? I'm not looking at it as like, I need Felix, I need and I need Tony, I need Ramos, I need Kane, I need... I'm not taking that because the club just can't afford it, right? Let's just admit it. But um, that's just my thoughts on the Wego signing. It does look like it's going to be done. I did see something on Twitter. Um, let me just open Twitter so I can credit the account. Um, but I did see that he's apparently on his way tomorrow, which I'm not... You know, you can't be 100% sure um, yeah so this is from ADNL so at ADNL on Twitter um, they've apparently said Weld Werghurst is on his way to Manchester United FC and let's just check for Fabrizio Romano um, Manchester United are working to find a solution with Basictus and Burnley to get Walt Werghurst's deal done both, and both player and club are confident right so it it looks like it's pretty much done um but yeah either way it is a bold call and i think ericton Hag has earned the right to make a bold call at this time i do think i do know people look at it like ericton Hag has worked wonders with this team and they're awarding him with a six-month loan um with a player that is not very young that uh, you know you know you hear all of those negative things that happen but i'm looking at all of what i've just said You know a player that can press a player that can strike a player that can header a player that likes to make runs to to the posts um a player with good box instincts a player that can play with his back to goal and i think that that there's a good signing you know and especially in those low block teams in the transitional games i'm expecting martial to be a bit of a better option but you know i'm not i'm not i'm not a manager for a reason but anyway i'm going to be covering the next game in the podcast which is actually the purpose of this podcast but this news just dropped so i had to bring that to you but anyway after this little break i'm going to be bringing you the pre-match of manchester united's next game tomorrow at let me just check the time for you um because i need to give good information um i can't just say anything <laughs> even though i'd want to All Right. um in yeah so in the efl cup tomorrow quarterfinal, um, against Charlton at 8 o'clock UK time. Um, so yeah, I'll be bringing you a pre-match preview to this game on the other side of this podcast. Please do remember to follow the page or subscribe to the page, on depends on whatever platform you're listening to, as well as like the podcast, like this podcast, do everything everyone normally asks you to. But yeah, see you on, this, uh, on the other side for the pre-match of Manchester United versus Charlton. And I'm back. And I also forgot to say, or to plug, um, the Twitter page. So if you could follow us on Twitter as well, it is at FootballersPod. Uh, There isn't many followers and there hasn't been any tweets. I think they're probably going to tweet this podcast. So if you could like it and, you know, share it, do all of that, it would also be very appreciated. Uh, They're probably going to tell me to say this better. (laughs) To say the, the welcoming better because I'm just saying it. Follow us on whatever platform you're listening to. Notification bell, all of that, as well as follow us on Twitter. And if you want to get a hold of us, of uh, the producers of the show, you can email them at the... Well, not at, but you can email them. The email address is thefootballerspod at gmail.com. All right? But there's some more to it than that. All right? If you want to get a hold of them, you can email thefootballerspod at gmail.com If you want to get a hold of me and let me read your email on the podcast or if you want to tell me I'm bad at my job or if I'm good at my job you can also do that but to do that to get me to see your email when you email thefootballerspod at gmail.com you must make the subject the Manchester United show alright And then your email will get forwarded to me and I can read it on the show. I can read your criticism. I can read your thoughts on the team. I can read whatever you say. You can tell me, you can tell everyone your life story. Um, It doesn't really matter. Um, But yeah, that's how you can uh, get your emails read on the show. But anyway, this is for Manchester United who take on Charlton Athletic tomorrow night. This is the preview show. There hasn't been a press conference, so there isn't really much to cover. All I can talk about is Manchester United, to be honest. Um, but a bit on charlton athletic coming into this game they've scored in their last five games they've scored first in their last five games they've um, conceded in the last seven games they've conceded in six out of seven games Um, no sorry they haven't had a clean sheet in their last four games that that is the correct statistic so they're coming into this game off of four games without a clean sheet both teams have scored in their last six games this is for charlton athletic uh and they've been the first team to score in five out of their last seven games so they they you could say that they're a bad defensive team with very good attacking which is quite weird because they play a back five and um maybe we should introduce players to watch out or what what should we call it ones to watch now but that's 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 in fifa Um, ones to be wary of but that sounds boring Um, I don't know we'll find a name but um, this is the the you know the best players um, in my opinion of Charlton Athletic that Manchester United should be wary of Um, the first one is number 28 Sean Clare who plays as a right wing back but um, likes to push up a lot Um, and yeah depending on who we play at left back uh, which is either Shaw or Malassia. Um there you would assume that they would be attacking given the opposition and uh, you you know you should look out for Sean who can who is very good at going up the pitch and putting in good crosses and, and and as well as not only that but also coming into the field and making something happen as well um, and uh, yeah that's pretty much the best player of their team Jaden Stockley I think is his name the striker he's not the best um, but you know it's a striker, and I don't think Manchester United's going to be too phased about these two players, Sean Cleary, the the right wing back, and Jaden Stockley. I think Manchester United is just going to play their game, to be honest. And I'm expecting, in terms of Manchester United, I'm expecting um, with Butland start his first game for Manchester United instead of David De Gea. Um, don't I don't think they'd do that. No, he. I don't think and I would do that. Um, I think just start De Gea. He started most of the games. Um, Butland's just arrived. I uh, don't think it's I don't think he will start. Um, I can see Malacia starting at left back, given that um, Shaw would probably be starting against Manchester City the weekend. Um, so I I think Malaysia will start left back. Um, yeah, Malaysia will start left back. Um, Harry Maguire, I think you know, there's been some rumors around him possibly leaving to Aston Villa. I did see, I think Samuel Luckhurst uh, posted on Twitter that uh, sources close to Maguire and MUFC found it laughable. Um, but um, yeah, there's there's, I don't think anything was, I don't think anyone was expecting a move for Harry Maguire in January anyway. But um, I can see him getting into the team this week uh, for this game um whether or not martinez starts i don't think so um I, I actually would like martinez to start because of you know just to get him playing more minutes you know obviously he did win the world cup you know congratulations for that but you know this is Manchester united it's time to get to work here and um, he only had that uh, brief appearance in the last game at the end so I would like to see him get like a full 90 minutes before the Manchester City game or well, not even full 90 minutes just like uh, half, half the game but you know it's very rare that you'll see a change at half time like that um, normally that that means there's something wrong with the player coming off or you know a tactical change. Um, so I would like to see Martinez start because I, I, you would assume that he would start against Manchester City and you know you need match fitness you know. Um, being ready and being able is it different to being match fit? Um, so I would like to see him start. So I'm gonna say Martinez and Harry Maguire um, will start together at the back, and Aaron um, sucker to to also start. And you know, let's I don't actually to say this, but let's assume Manchester United can get a two or three goal cushion. I don't want to jinx it. Um, then bring Dallow in again for also for, for match fitness. Um, in the midfield, um, I don't really think Casemiro will, s- maybe Casemiro will start, but only play 60 minutes. But I can I can very much guess that Scott McTominay will start. Um, just because he, you know, Manchester United has a, a lot of games coming up and it would not be a bad thing to get casemiro some rest um especially against with uh, man city coming up the weekend um i can i can see scott McTominay playing especially given that it is a cup game and um, it is a chance for scott McTominay to get some more minutes in Um, the question is whether or not bruno plays um because you know bruno runs a lot and I feel like i'm i'm making a lot of changes to the team and i don't think eric Hag has been doing that so i'm just gonna say that let me let me just be bold and say that fred will start in the midfield next to scott mcdominay um so we're gonna see scott mcdominay and fred in midfield um christian Ericsson playing as a 10 um garnacho to start uh again a young player that needs his time to to grow and to to learn his trade, I should say, and I don't think Alango will start on the right. I think Anthony might start again um, on the right, you know, because he needs to get, you know, he did have a goal, but I think a lot of fans are getting on him, and I think Eriksen Hag has suggested things in press conferences to, to say that there's more to come from a lot of players, and you would assume he's talking about Anthony when he's talking about players in general. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting Anthony to start. Obviously, Sancho is not even in team training yet, so he can't possibly start. So, yeah, that that would be my team. And, and, and Martial up front. Um, I just did talk about um, our loan that's coming in. But, um, yeah, that would be my team. David De Gea, Malasia, Maguire, Martinez, Aaron Vasquez, Scott McTominay, Fred, Christian Eriksen, Alejandro Ganacho, um, Anthony on the right, and Martial up front. That would be... Um, a strong team uh, that you know you would assume is capable of winning the game I'm expecting them I'm expecting Charlton to to really sit back with a, their their back five again I said I'm, I'm worried about Sean Clare but um, I think that they will set up to just defend and, and counter um, and that's pretty much what they've been doing in League One as well um, so yeah I'm expecting a low block and um, I'm also expecting Manchester United to, to win comfortably um if i'm not mistaken uh manchester united um i can't bring it up now but yeah i'm not going to look at it now but i think manchester united have a have conceded at home in the premier league at least to soccer and then recently who would, who do we display um that we conceded to. Anyway, Manchester United have a good home record in terms of clean sheets as well. So I'm expecting a one-sided game, Manchester United to come away with the win and for us to be doing a match reaction in a positive way, at least. But thank you for listening. That is the, the match re- preview. There isn't really much to say given that ten Hag hasn't had a press conference. We can only talk about the transfer rumours um, that seem to be coming to be, um, fruition. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that's all we can pretty much say at this moment talk about the team and that so yeah thank you for listening and please do follow the page on whatever platform you're listening to like the episode do all of that follow us on twitter at footballers pod if you want to get a hold of the producers you can email the footballers pod at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of me you email that same address but you make the subject line the manchester united podcast thank you for listening